0: vast time. So hey, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And like it says in your bulletin, um, we're going to look at a couple other places too. Eventually we will get there. Father, I pray that you will speak. I just pray that we'd be listening, Lord, tuned into your frequency. You already are speaking, Lord. That's that's just what it is. You are speaking, Lord. You're the Word of God, and like you don't stop. The Word of God doesn't stop speaking. And you speak to our hearts, Father, and um, you fill us, Lord, just uh, with direction, Lord, with words, Lord, with understanding of situations, provide us strength Father Uh, you give us eyes and ears of heaven Father and I just pray Lord that we'd be able to better be in tune with those things Lord and and be able to really decipher and know your voice really well so I pray even this morning Lord for myself for all of us that we would know in our mind and our hearts Lord just have a better understanding of who you are when it's actually you talking Give us better clarity and greater clarity on that. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I know that um, the title of the message is, Can You Discern His Voice? Last week it was, anybody remember what it was last week? Crickets. Last week? It's kind of like the Verizon guy, Can You Hear Me Now? Remember that? It was kind of like that last week? No, that was a little while ago. At least you got old bulletins. That's good um do you remember it had the headphones what's that yeah can you hear his voice right can you hear his voice everyone's like yeah some are like no i don't know but can you hear his voice that that's like what we talked about last week can you hear his voice um and does anybody remember what we talked about at all with that a little bit last week a little bit anything, anything stick out Sal, what do you got That's interesting, right? That's something that God put on his heart, that God speak in other ways, which we're going to talk more about that today. Um, Anything else? Remember? See, this is one of the advantages of a small church. You can kind of do this once in a while. All of a sudden, you're really praying for a large church, so we don't have to do this anymore. But I think it's helpful for all of us to not just hear, what what did the pastor remember? What did the pastor say? It's probably pretty helpful to also know, hey, what did the rest of the flock think and hear and get out of that? Anything at all? Remember the Bible passage at all from last week or anything? Or anything just struck with you, stuck with you maybe during the week? Yeah, thank you. I'm drowning. Thank you. Ah, intentional time. That's right. We did talk about that when we used that word. Intentional and strategic, right? I think we put those both words together. Anything else? Anything else? No, no? I was in the nursery (laughs) yeah come on it's online it's online mom let me ask you this what chapter were we in last week do you remember that what's that Daniel 10 right Daniel 10 and in Daniel 10 Mike remember anything about Daniel 10 9 and 10 we're in both so I was paying attention go ahead There we go. Maybe now some of is coming back. Maybe he felt really compelled to pray for a nation that totally went the wrong way. He wasn't even there with them. He was somewhere else. And he read about in Jeremiah the prophet how judgment was coming to them. And his heart was just broken over it. Remember some of this maybe? Yes. That's what we're doing 20-way day fast forward. That's right. So maybe a little bit coming back. Yes. Mm. Yes. Ah, you took me up on it. Nice. Anybody else possibly take me up on it? You had a week to kind of prepare for the fast. Did you actually like prepare your hearts and minds out of curiosity? Yeah, a couple people here. Yeah. And I guarantee you, God spoke something to your heart. Yeah, he does. He, he's, a, he's a dad. He's a good, good father. Like, he loves it when his kids are like, Dad, I want to be closer. Hope we know you better. He's just a good father. Um, and I would say one thing, you know, that's really struck, um, you know, me about last week was part of what Rick was saying. And then also um, just the, the, the amazing heart, you know, that Daniel had. He's not even involved with the people. He's not even there in their location. And he's just overwhelmed with the compassion and just um, a heart that God has really placed within him. Just crying out on their behalf. He won't even benefit or make out with whatever God does for them. He was so not your typical, what can I get out of this? What is God going to do for me, Christian? It's amazing. And what's amazing to me is out of that heart, that's when God created this ridiculous scene of this angel showing up and like talking to him and he, he doesn't have words he doesn't have breath right do you remember any of this? kind of sorta okay he never asked for any of that and it was like his authentic heart that was so closely knit to God's heart when he prayed that back to God it just unleashed the supernatural and that's like kind of how heaven works God put it on your heart just a definitive way so I hope you heard that women like whatever you're doing and how you act or whatever the spirit put on his heart hey your wife needs to be around this it's going to be nothing but good for her so you might not think you're all that great but the spirit's just doing whatever and it's connecting with him and, and that's how it works on the side note make sure you just love her up whenever you see her just be you just be you Yeah, it is going to be a breakthrough. It is. All right, so you want to talk about today a little bit then? I mean, we do all this, like, there's a lot said on a Sunday morning. There's a lot that happens. And I know personally for myself, whenever I listen or I hear somebody like, "I I need to hear messages two to three times. That's what I need to do to be able to grasp what they said, what was going on. And multiple times, a lot of times when I listen to people, I'm like, man, the Spirit is just working and flowing through them. And I'm like, all right, but what is, like, the Spirit saying? So it takes, I have to slow, like, way down and pay attention to it. Because whoever that individual is, they spent a lot of time with the Lord, and they're just pouring out some stuff that's just going on. Um, So take advantage of that also as well here. And I know all of us, like, of course you want to hear what the Lord's doing in your hearts and what's going on with the message, maybe not even with the message there's something else that's happening. Don't you just get encouraged when you hear somebody else saying, I know this is about God. I'm praying this to God. He put this on my heart. It's encouraging. It's the way church family is supposed to work. And it makes it a little bit easier, maybe more uncomfortable, but a little bit more easier for us while we're small. I mean, it's really just a small classroom. I mean, it's kind of like what we have in here. All right. So today, um, I think that if you were probably to talk just to anybody, go to Walmart, go to O'Shea Job Lot, stop and shop, just catch somebody outside shuffling. And if you were able to get into the conversation of God talking, that's just going to be weird for them, probably. It's like, oh, God talks. He's, what does he say? Why, how does he do that? You might even get some people like, I don't know says a whole lot. Or you might get other people that say, well, yeah, he did talk. Everything's written down in the Bible, and so now he doesn't say anything. Um, You might encounter a lot of different answers. And so um, I wanted to talk about that just a little bit. But more importantly, I'm going to go from the point of that he does talk. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But when he does talk, are we able to, like, Discern it. Like, separate it out from the stuff that's not him. Because there's all kinds of people can say, Oh, God told me this, and God told me that. and um, What's the deal with that? Are people really hearing from God? Are they not? They're just spouting their opinion. Or maybe they really heard from God, but it's going to take a long time for something maybe to, like, come true. Um, but baseline, let's just make sure we just hopefully all agree on one point, that God definitely talks to people. He chooses to do that. I was listening this past week. Is listening or reading? I think I was listening. I was listening this past week, testimony of um, a group of people. They felt like they had a prophetic gift, meaning they felt like part of their gifting was uh, that God was going to tell them things, give them information for other people, To show them. Not to set them right. Not to highlight secret sins in their life. But uh, to help show them how much God loves them because they're sharing details about their life that only God would know. Does that make sense? Let me also share with you that the only reason why they think this is because when they listen about the prophetic gift, when they read about it in their Bible... When they just dig deeper into the topic, their heart burns for it. God did knock them off a horse. Some of them he gave maybe dreams and visions, but in that particular group, a lot he didn't. They just had something that burned within them. And they said, oh, that burning? I think that's from God, and so I'm going to go after it. So just in case you're ever wondering about, you know, is it from God, is it not from God? Pay attention to the burning stuff. We'll get more in depth than just burning. Okay, um, so they're in a uh, they're in a church, and um, these uh, prophetic voices are on a stage, it's a large place, and they're all kind of going down a line, and they're saying very specific things to people about their lives, people they don't know. So they're just like, "Hey, you know, is there a Frank here?" And it's like that's pretty super general. So you get twenty hands, you know, I'm Frank, you know. <laughs> And then it's, I got this number, you know, 227. Like, it doesn't, I don't. And then now, you know, maybe one or two go up or something happens. Typically, it's it's like one. Oh, you know, that's the street. That's my house number, you know. And they're like, oh, you know. And and then, you know, I see something about like a, a tree or something going on. And then what they do is they build up to it. And they get to really specific things going on with the family and who they are. It's an amazing way to see the gift played out. And I tell you what that does instantaneously—it just rises your faith level like ridiculous. Like, oh my gosh, I thought he didn't. Wow, he really does care, and he speaks to people. And I tell you what—I'll go back to my story in a minute. Uh, when I went to um, uh, California back in April at—I uh, uh, don't even remember what the name of that thing was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a street conference. It was a conference, anyways. It was at USC Stadium where the Trojans played. It's a huge stadium. Packed over 100,000 people there, 70,000 Christians there, losing their minds. It was pretty awesome. One person came out, and what he did is he took, like, 100,000 people, and he made it feel like a room, like, this big. He just, like, starts calling out just people and their names and their addresses and people that they knew, old family members. Um, And just amazing how he just, like, shrunk this huge stadium that's outdoors, raining most of the day and like made God just like connect. It was amazing. So that prophetic gift is, is pretty amazing. Anyways, back to the story. Uh, they're sharing different things. So then one of the younger ones that's on the stage, he doesn't feel more confident about himself. He hasn't really seen anything really play out when he tried to step out and speak about his gift. He feels like the Lord put on his heart, hey, tell some woman I think with like a purple shirt, I think purple shirt, whoever she was, I don't know. It's probably a lot of purple shirts. I don't know. Tell somebody in a purple shirt that God loves them. That's what he, his message from God was. God loves you. So they're at a church. There's a lot of people. You have very detailed prophetic words being said about people's lives. And then he has, God loves you. <laughs> so, like, if you put yourself there, it's like, oh, I read this awesome stuff. And I got, God loves you you know so the way he tells it I think I listened I can't remember if I, if I read or listened but the way he told it was they were going down the line and he was just he, he was you know, I know what he was battling with he was battling with making something up that sounded better or just bailing out altogether. it's a reality he's there on the stage there's a lot of people awesome things are happening and his flesh is creeping in and it's like oh you're going to look like an idiot you should have something better isn't it amazing how that stuff even creeps in an amazing atmosphere with the spirit pouring out, speaking to people's lives, like, still this tinge of the flesh finds its way in there to try and affect people. Is that interesting? So, eventually gets to him, and he decides not to make anything up. And, uh, which is pretty interesting. When he tells it, I like the way he tells it, because he goes, you know what? I've been around lots of people that make it up. It's just what they do. They just make it up, because they feel like they should. He's like super honest. So he doesn't make it up, and he goes, yeah, some woman in a purple shirt, God loves you. <laughs> He's just, he said he did really want to look, you know, he kind of, like, looked at the ground. And, and then he said, some woman in a purple shirt started to wave her hands, falling on the ground, crying, like, just out of control. And <laughs> the way he tells, he goes, I was so relieved. <laughs> he goes, not for her situation of freaking out like he didn't feel good about that but he's just relieved that he saw something and I guess come to find out so come to find out they eventually find the woman they talk with her kind of like debrief you know what's going on so apparently she um, had been right on the verge of committing suicide she was basically pretty much done with life she wanted to kill herself and just be done she's like "I, I don't see how this matters I don't see how I matter I don't really think I'm worth anything And so, if God, you are actually real, you need to actually tell me that you are, that I matter to you, that you actually love me. That's what I need to know. And if it doesn't happen when I go to church today, I'm killing myself when I come home. Wow, it's right. Wow, it's right. So, God definitely still speaks, He still speaks. But it really takes, you know, Christians that are close to his heart and they're just with him so they know his voice. That story just helps make really clear is number one, God wants to invade people's life with his love and with his truth. He wants to do that. That's the plan. And if we got some secure Christians that are confident with who they are and with who God is, that will happen there's a lot of insecurity and fear, it doesn't happen. And everybody battles with those things. Insecurity and fear are dominant issues. But they really prohibit a lot. So, it shows that, and then what it also shows, it shows that God wants to speak, desires to speak, and he will speak. Two people in three. So if there's ever a question about if God even speaks at all to people, I hope that you're able to try and squash that the best that you can. Um, and if you can, you have a hard time maybe doing that. Uh, try and read about I'll give you a list of all kinds of people, situations and stories about where it's just it's commonplace. And I should encourage. You to so number one, God definitely speaks to people. And He wants he speaks to you, He speaks to me. Sometimes in radical things, sometimes in not so much radical things. But He's definitely doing it. Okay? The Word of God is still the Word of God and He's still speaking. Alright? So now let's look at 1 Samuel 3 because now it'll help make a little bit more sense. So in 1 Samuel 3 it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word... Of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So who's the boy? Samuel, right? He ministered before the Lord under Eli. He's basically just his helper. Kind of just, hey, do this, do that. And he had all kinds of different jobs and roles. Kind of like when I come here, Jaron can't wait to come here in the morning now. Now he's five years old. And he's super excited about coming here in the morning uh, because he just wants to work. And he finishes one job, he gets to the next job, he gets to the next job. What's my next job? You know, similar, kind of, to Samuel. It says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So this is interesting. I just want to stop right there for a minute. The word of the Lord. So God speaking to prophets and to people was, like, extremely rare. Didn't really happen. And the Bible, I put a couple verses in there. I don't think we're going to turn there. But you could turn there later. Oh, no, I had it in the bulletin last week. Uh, okay, so yeah, we'll just turn there real quick. But there's a couple of passages, which I'll turn to. One is in Amos. Do you guys know Amos is even in the Bible? Do you have it? Thanks. What's the Amos one, Julie? 8.11. 8.11. Take a look at Amos. Well, I'll just read it to you if you don't turn there. It says, The days are coming, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I'll send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. His silence is like a curse. You understand that? He desires, like, to continuously talk and communicate. Well, when he's silent, that's like a curse. He's, like, choosing, saying, no, like, I'm not going to, they don't listen. They just want to do their own thing, so I'm just going to stop talking for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. And then there was another one, I think, in the bulletin last week, too. But it's basically the same point. When, God, when it's silent, and, and it's like a curse. Here's the thing that struck me about that. What strikes me about that is... Because we are from the New Testament era, and because we have the Holy Spirit that comes in us as Christians, we are told and promised that the Holy Spirit lives within us, and that he does a lot of things, which we're going to look at in a minute, one of them being communicating. And the crazy thing is, many, many Christians have a very difficult time Figuring out, number one, the voice of God, or number two, they just say, man, he is just totally silent, not saying a thing. And maybe some of that might be true, but honestly, by looking through the New Testament and the entire Word, he's always speaking. So I'm struck with the fact about how many of us, I put myself in the ring as many of us will like put the curse on ourselves. We'll put the, I'm just too busy to hear from the Lord right now. I got too many things going on to hear from God right now. And it's like what we do is we just self-impose like the, the, the curse. Like Why would we do that? It was always his desire to be in communication, to help bring direction, to give peace, to give provision, to help guide, to help bolster up. It's always his goal. And in the Old Testament, it was a little bit different. God just could just shut off the water lines, the word from heaven, and he would just do that from time to time. In the New Testament, we're promised like just living water, floods that never end, God's word that will always be speaking. And too often, it's just, oh, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot going on. I didn't have time for that today. It just broke my heart. It was maybe like three years ago, like three years ago in the church band, talking with somebody, they're really struggling with God. Uh, as a woman and she was just like she had all these things going on and we just kept talking about all kinds of stuff and then finally she just got to it she's like listen I just don't have time to read the Bible nobody does God just needs to do this this and this my heart just broke I was like oh my god it's just I'm glad number one that it just came out sometimes just to get it out in words is a big deal so at least that part just came out because at least now there's something we can work with and the truth is out But it's like, oh, man, that's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. So let's not put a curse on ourselves. I'm not trying to curse Jared. Like, it's hard enough. Right? I mean, why silence the voice? Why silence it? He's desiring for it to, like, pour out and to be loud. All right. One amen. I will take it. I will take it. Says one night Eli, now just real quick, if you remember, Eli was like the main priest, okay? And do you guys at all remember like why he was not doing a good thing? From last week at all? His sons, right? So his sons were like the associate pastors, associate priests, and they would stand at the temple, they'd take the offerings, they'd bring the offerings in, they would offer them on behalf of the people, pray over the people. They were like the they were the leaders. They were the religious authorities and leaders. And as Rick said, they were known for sleeping with all the women that came there. And they were also known for taking the sacrifice and getting the best parts of it and bring it to their house so they had good stuff to eat. And Eli, the dad, he. If you take a look at verse uh, look at verse 22, well, I'll just read it to you. It says, Now Eli, this was uh, from last week. Now Eli, who is very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the women at, who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do these things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. If a man sins against another man, God may meditate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. So he sort of tried to make a way. But we're going to read about his effort. Sometimes we get really impressed with our own effort. And he did make an effort. You can't deny that. We're going to see what God has to say about his effort. Um, So you have Eli in charge, you have his two sons, things are going downhill, it's a problem. But Samuel is there. So let's see what happens. Uh, Verse 3. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, so he was kind of in charge of, like, lighting these lamps, putting them out. And it was a really important part of their thing in their culture. The light was supposed to signify uh, God and his spirit, and it was supposed to be, you know, certain particular lamps and lights were not supposed to go out. Others were at different times, and uh, Samuel is in charge of a lot of that. So he's on his light duty, uh, lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. So God talks to Samuel. Samuel goes to Eli. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lie down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Right? Here I am. He called me. Excuse me. My son. Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord, his voice, who he is, right? The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli Eli and said, here I am, you called me. So three times, right? Going back to Eli. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli's a little slow as well. Not the sharpest knife in the drawer either. and Probably kind of should be with this stuff. But you can tell he's got family problems, and things aren't great. Verse 9. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you... Uh, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So that's the line he's supposed to do. Eli says, hey. It happens again to say, hey, speak, your servant is listening. Eli gave a little bit of advice here, and good advice. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came. Check this out. The Lord came, and he stood there. Like, he came in the room, and he stood there. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of biblical scholars are kind of like, well, who exactly, you know, was it, was it Jesus? Was it some, you know, ranking angel, you know? And, and there's a lot of varying opinions on it. Point being, whoever it was, they came and they stood next to him, and they're going to have a conversation now. That's the way the word of the Lord or God's voice used to travel. You would just come into rooms and do that, and that's just always the way it was. can happen now. Still, it's not as frequent because we have the Holy Spirit. Talk more about in a minute. So the Lord came and stood there, calling as other times, Samuel, Samuel. So he's probably like twelve years old, you know. So then Samuel said, "Speak, for your servant is listening." So there you go. He did a good job. Verse eleven, and the Lord said to Samuel, "See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end." For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves uh, contemptible. Or some versions say they blasphemed God. And he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What is it he said to you? Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely if you hide it from me. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Says the Lord is with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. It's a pretty interesting story, right? Um, Obviously, God's speaking, right? We're going to look more at that in a minute. He's speaking for sure. He's speaking to Samuel. He's not speaking to Eli. He already actually spoke to Eli. Prophet from the Lord came to him and said, Hey, this is happening. You need to handle this. Eli, this is what's very interesting to me. And this is, I think, the sobering part for me. And then I'll talk about one other thing, then we're done. The sobering thing for me was that Eli did respond. Right? We just read it in chapter 2, verse 22. He went up to the son and said, Listen, I heard what's going on. I heard what you guys are doing. Why would you do that? Like, you're sinning against God right now. This is, like, serious business. We're, we're like, leading a nation on behalf of God. And, and you're just being defiant about that and deliberate about that. And his sons are just like, I don't know how it went down. I, I picture them just like, yeah, Dad, like, whatever, you know. Probably blaming on everybody else how all their lives are screwed up. And so they're just like, you know, whatever. It's typically what we do when we're in those situations and we're caught, we kind of just blame everybody else for our reason for not doing what we should be doing. So, God says, hey, listen. This is what he chose to say to Samuel for his like kind of first encounter with the Lord. I'm judging his household. His position of authority and future positions from his line, I'm totally just removing. And because it says that he did not restrain them. So here's what's interesting to me, the really sobering thing, is that Eli took an act of obedience, and he went part way, just a little bit. I think maybe, just to say I, I tried. You know what I'm talking about, like how we do that stuff? You really know what you should be doing the whole way, but you kind of just give this lame attempt to be like, "Well, I, I gave it a shot, right? Baby steps. Here's the sobering thing. The sobering thing is, God is God. He does work with baby steps. He does. It's just in his character. It's in his nature. There are some things, there are some things that he's really serious about. One of them is coming before him and worship to him, especially as it relates to influencing and leading others. And he's like, "Hey, this is not baby step time. This one, you be aggressive about." So everybody wants to be like leaders and wants to tell other people what to do and be in positions of authority within a church and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, "Oh, it's like you gotta man." So the way like God deals with this stuff is pretty severe. It's important to Him. So. He gives an attempt, but it just, like, it wasn't good enough. What he should have done. What Eli should have done. Like, what would have been helpful to the situation? What he should have done, he should have went to his son and be like, listen. And what I'm about to say is going to sound judgmental. It's going to sound condemning. And it's going to sound harsh. Okay? I don't want you to ever think that there's never, ever, ever a place in Christianity for that stuff to show up. It shows up, but it's super rare and it has to be timely and like a surgeon. It happens. Everybody's always like, nice, nice Christian. Like, most of the time, yeah, that's the way it is. It's like, you're nice, you're loving, you give of yourself, you extend. There are very, very few times, especially when it comes to church discipline things, which is kind of like this, where it has to be like, kind of significant. So, he would have done the right thing if he went to his sons and he said, hey, listen, I know what you've been doing. Everybody's talking about it. It's the wrong thing. We're already headed the wrong direction. Like you are removed from your position. You can't do it. And obviously, that would have led to a ton of family strife and a lot of difficulty. And it would have made things. I'm sure mom would have been real happy about it. It would have been a problem. But that—that that was at that moment in time with that particular situation. That is what God was calling him. So when I hear something like that and I read that, I'm like, whew, all right, Lord, I know you're gracious and compassionate and forgiving, but I want to make sure that I hear your voice. If it comes to be those moments in life, I want to make sure that I don't just convince and be impressed with maybe a baby step when I should have gone further. Amen, Pastor Jerry. Because I get impressed with myself and sometimes my pace sometimes, he's like, listen. No, like this. <laughs> like this. This way. And that means different things for different people in different seasons of life. You can't make a formula out of this. You, you Don't try that. If I feel like I say anything else, I'll probably screw it up. So that's all I got on that note. But that's the one part that's, that's just sobering about that for me. Um. okay uh, let's go to John chapter 10 John chapter 10 this is where we finish those other verses that are in there if I had time I wanted to kind of go through them a little bit but basically those verses what they mean is The purpose of the Joel 2 verse and Ephesians 5. The purpose of those verses was just to further instill that, hey, listen. Biblically, the Holy Spirit is in us. He's communicating to us. He's communicating through us. That's the way God does it now. He doesn't necessarily just show up in our bedroom, although he might. It's not off limits. It it happens. It's just not super common. It's more common where he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit that lives within us. So really the issue is not we're waiting for this big moment where he comes in our room and just like freaks us out. The big issue is how well can I hear the Spirit of God inside of me? How well can I hear that? How well can I identify that? That's the issue on the table. That's the issue for me. That's the issue for you. Because here's what he says, John 10, 1 through 5 says so i tell you the truth the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber the man who enters by the sheep by the gate is the shepherd of the of his sheep the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all his town he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger in fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they had a hard time understanding it. Point being, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen it, and I wanted to put it up here, but I just didn't have time to do it. Uh, there's, a, there's a video, I think it's on Facebook and possibly on Twitter, I think. But it's about all these, got all these sheep, and you have legit shepherds all like in the Middle East. You have these shepherds, you have these sheep, and they're actually doing what this passage is. So you have all these sheep. One of them is really, truly their shepherd. And they're all, they all have, like, these, like, unique calls, like the ways that they get their attention. You know, it's just, it's, it's interesting how they do it. They all have, like, this unique stuff. And you have one guy going through his whole thing about how he gets his sheep and doing his calls and whatever he does. Then you got the next guy doing his thing, the next guy doing his thing. And then it's like, when one guy does it and it's really their shepherd, they just all, like, they see all these sheep. They're, like, walking in the field. They're on the hill. Another guy's like licking another one, you know, they're like eating grass over here. They're just like all doing whatever. Other voices don't phase them, and then when the actually real one does it, they just like kind of perk up, like look up from they're doing for a minute, and then they're just like waiting for the next signal. And what the guy does, he like calls them, however he calls them. I do think he to it. He calls them, and then like they all go. That's kind of the way, very much the way it's supposed to work for us. As we grow in maturity and in relationship with Jesus Christ and with who God is, the situation, the scenario he set up is the Holy Spirit scenario to where that's our voice. And and that's the one like we perk up for and we, we are able to pay attention to. And it just calls us to do different things, like we can just, we can because we're like, oh, like that was the spirit calling me to do it. I I don't need to really think too much about it. He just said, do it so I will. That's the way it's supposed to look. Now let me also tell you this. I don't want you to feel like, you know, super burdened and like all freaked out. Well, if I get it wrong, you're going to get it wrong. Enjoy the process. There's not one person in here who just doesn't get it wrong what do you, you want to say it is no it's messy and ugly and right absolutely I couldn't agree more it's messy it's ugly it's uncomfortable and also would no one know what it does if you ever say something which I've done I feel like God wants to do this or says this or wants to go here or do that and flat out just like the total opposite happened oh like that thing with uh, Diana Rob I was like, man, I text her in the morning. I'm like, you know, hey, I think that God really wants you guys to pray for church this morning. Like, I I don't know. I I think that's... (laughs) She sends me a text back. We're on a cruise. (laughs) Yeah, you look like an idiot. You look like really stupid. But that's like part of the process. That's how we grow. That's how we hear his voice better. Like, oh, all right. But you'll never, ever figure it out. You'll never get to kind of like be... That sheep that can like listen and respond and go, unless like you're continuously engaging in that process, you try and so a lot of people just try and pick their points. I'm just gonna try and get it here and just try and get it there, and it's like that doesn't work. We're waiting for like the home run voice listen, so we get it all the time. That's like that's not at all the way it works. It's just whatever. Like, remember I went back to the burning thing. Sometimes just the burning. Sometimes it's like a song at the grocery store that you hear and it made you think about a thing and you're like, oh, maybe that's God speaking to me. And it very well might be. Or it could be something from some other situation, whatever thing. Because he just breathes life and breathes messages to things that he's trying to communicate to us and through us. Here's the other thing. He doesn't always give us the whole message. He'll give you like one goofy part sometimes. Just like the prophet on the stage we're talking about, 227. That's like awkward and weird. Does that mean anything to you? But then it goes to another place. As we talked about in the story, it goes to another place. So my main thing this morning was just, man, can I discern? Can I effectively discern? And honestly, to answer that question, probably have to back up a little bit. Not just can I effectively discern it. Am I actively positioning myself so I can That's step one. You can't really get the the title of the message and say you're like hanging out in step one for a long time. We were out to eat after a prayer meeting on Wednesday night um, a couple weeks ago. Justin uh, was there. He was there. It was a whopping three of us. We were having a great time. Justin brought his guitar. We were praising and worshiping. It was great. Afterwards, we got something to eat. We're at the restaurant. And, you know, Justin's learning a lot of stuff at school. And one of the things is, so what he's trying to do. He's trying to live in actively responding to step one before he can really answer the question to step two. So we're in the restaurant, and, and we're just about done in. And he, he's, like, looking around. He's, like, disconnected. We were just talking, having, like, these, like, nice conversations about all this stuff. And then he's just, like, looking around. And I'm talking with with E, and we're, like, growing over stuff. And I notice him. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Like, he's not on his phone or doing any of that. He's just, like, being weird. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, I think God wants me to say something, you know, to our waitress. I'm like, all right, then go ahead. He's like, you guys fine with that? And I look at E, and he's like, of course. <laughs> you know, so um, so then he, he shares, you know, something with her. I, I thought it was going to be the way he like, mentioned it, I thought it was going to be like, something super radical, and I was like, oh man, if you get this wrong, we're really going to look like idiots, but whatever. It didn't turn out to be something super crazy, but it was super incredible. She received it actually really well, and um, she was super appreciative of it, and, and sometimes it just lays out just like that. Done deal. But the nice thing that I know is that Justin, next time, he's going to continue to test that thing out. So like, we have so many options in the course of one day, one day, to be testing things out and just trying and like just... And then you build that up into a week and then you build that up into a month. Man, Christians who have been around and in this thing for 5, 10, 15 years, they should be amazing sheep that know his voice and how to respond. Life is amazing that way. like some people get to play and be a part. That, that's not the way it works. The way it works is he's saying, listen, I, I, I want to I deliver all of this through my sons and daughters. Everyone. But there's something about the authentic, transparent heart that's just like crying out to God that attracts his attention and then he moves. Stuff that's just detrimental to hearing his voice, obviously, or discerning his voice. Okay, back up. Actively participating. Things that are totally detrimental. There's a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Being controlled by the opinions and just thoughts of others. That just, like, destroys everything. So if that's you and that's a significant stronghold, attack that sucker with another brother or sister go after it? Because only a matter of time until that thing is defeated. And then we're moving. I mean, can you imagine if Justin just, like, you know, he just naturally felt bad about himself or something? And, like, he kind of felt that way in the restaurant. There's no way he would have called it over. Like, well, you know, it's not going to work out and God wouldn't, I don't know, it's just, it just hasn't worked before so it probably won't now. and Right? Like, it kills the whole thing. It kills the whole thing. Um, all right. So let's do Hungry for More of You one last time. Oh, you got something? Go ahead. Definitely. Amen on that. Yes. Yeah. yeah amen on that. Because it's interesting when we left the restaurant too that night. You know, uh, I think he brought it up. He goes. He goes. Man, I'm glad you did that. He goes. Uh, he goes. You know, she might, that might be her testimony 22 years from now. Hey, I was that work? You know, whatever. And some guy offered to pray for me, and like that's just like catapulted something that's the other thing with the security issue is that you'll just move out forward if you don't see it happening it doesn't crush you or wreck you because it's just about following his voice it was never about anything else alright yeah we're close to one o'clock so let's just pray then let's just pray and ask God for his voice to be really clear that we can identify really well sound good? So, Holy Spirit, we know that you make it so clear in the Word that you teach us all things about God, uh, that you give us understanding, uh, that you reveal to us all kinds of different things. And all of that just involves communication. And you're always speaking. Not just for us on our behalf, but for all, all people around us. And I pray, Father, that myself and that everyone in this room, Lord, that we would be able to discern your voice more accurately. We just uh, come against just uh, this just fear of failure, uh, fear of just, you know, stepping out, just insecurity with what others might think. I pray, Father, that as, especially during this fast, as we just are in communication with you, Lord, that we're just in your word, Lord, that it would just grab a hold of us, Lord. We would just be enjoying you, enjoying being close to you, Lord. And, and honestly, that just takes care of so much. It just fills us with the courage and just elevates our faith. And it just helps things flow much more naturally, Lord. So I pray, Father, that myself, and I pray that each of us here, that we would be a people, Lord, that would be able to discern your voice much better, Lord. I pray at the end of the day, all of us that would be actively partaking and just going after little feelings, little nudges, little burnings, big nudges, big burnings. Just you just create little things inside of us, Lord. And I pray that we would just go after all of them and we'll figure out and be able to ident- identify your voice, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.